There's a new music business for the 21st century, and now is the best time ever to be in the music business. Because in the new music business, the artist is in charge. My name's Rick Barker, and I've been blessed to make a living in the music business for almost 30 years. I'm a personal manager, author, speaker. Many know me as the manager who launched the career of Taylor Swift. But what I'm most proud of are the thousands of artists from around the world that I manage daily and help navigate this crazy business. This podcast is designed to keep you up to date with the changes in the business and to give you the mindset, tools, and resources that you need to succeed. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I am going to introduce you to uh, someone who has been able to combine their passion of music with their passion of making a difference. And we always say, you know, when you can combine your causes together, that they can actually open up other places and other worlds for you. Amy Sullivan is a musician who came to me uh, through my coaching program. And as we got together and we started talking about the other things that are going on in her life, she has a very fascinating story and a way that she's been able to combine both of those causes. So uh, Amy, first off, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. This is going to be very different for her. She is probably one of the most structured, detailed people that I know. And I told her today, we're just going to go straight up and have ourselves a conversation. So tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for having me on. First of all, Rick, it's an absolute honor. Um, I guess the Coles Note version is I'm a singer-songwriter out of Ontario, Canada. And I started singing when I was a kid, and I actually gave it up for about 10 years or so to have a normal life. I wanted to marry my high school sweetheart, have kids, get a normal job, all those fun things. And uh, the diagnosis of my oldest son, he has Tourette syndrome, was what sort of was the clincher to bring me back into the music thing. So, yeah. So let's talk about that. So what made that situation, knowing that you now have a special needs child, want to bring you back into the music what was that music going to be for you was it an outlet was it a way to communicate with him what did you see and feel that you were being drawn back into the music for yeah so I would say just over my lifetime music has always had a special place for me in how it's felt and you know you have various hard times throughout your life even as a kid, as a teenager in your 20s, and you have a favorite song, you know, you put on a song to make you feel better. And so I found myself turning back to music as this was happening as a form of comfort, um, a sense of understanding, you know, you find that perfect lyric where somebody says what you're thinking, and it puts into words what you're feeling. And so I think that's sort of how I started at least listening to music again. Um, but I did have a night that I went to a group for parents with children with anxiety and depression. And at that time, uh, my husband, Andrew, was home because our little guy was still pretty little. So I had gone to this thing on my own. And uh, it was basically a big round table full of parents just talking about how awful things were with their kids at home. And I sat there and the man across from me very openly wept just destroyed by the pain, the suffering, just not knowing how to help his child. And um, I left that meeting thinking, this is crazy. This is like a Thursday night. 
and everybody's off doing their own thing, you know, and nobody knows that these parents are sitting here in so much pain. And so I got into my car and I felt God say to me, you know, you could write songs for these parents. And it was just like a light bulb went off. And honestly, that has been what's brought me back. Because like you said, putting those two things together, for me, music is informed by my journey as a special needs parent, but it's also a sense of comfort and an outlet, a creative outlet for me to use as well. So it sort of works both ways like that. Do you remember the first song that came to you from that experience that you were able to write and record and release? So the first thing that I did officially back to music was I went to a songwriters retreat in Nashville, actually, and it was a co-writing retreat. So we had written, I think it was probably even just three songs. It was just over a weekend. And that trip alone was a big deal for me to leave my family, travel by myself for the first time. Like the last time I'd done this, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. So it was a, a big shift, you know, but during that retreat is when I wrote my first single pray. And so I came home after that feeling like, man, I can't let this song go. And it was just, a, you know, means to write songs. There was no, you know, production guarantees or any thought of releasing stuff, but that was sort of the clincher of like, this could maybe really encourage and inspire other parents. So that was the first song I would say. And then it, you know, it snowballed from there. I met some great people there in Nashville. I started making trips back and forth to do some songwriting and, um, ended up releasing, I think it was four or five songs on an EP and all stemming from my journey of processing faith and suffering well and dealing with this. And, you know, how do we still turn to God when we're in pain like this? And so it's all just sort of work together like that. Awesome. Well, you can tell from her processing that she's from Canada. Uh, she is north of the border. And, and, it was, <laughs> yeah, right? and, and, and it's interesting because from the music side, you've also now gone on, I don't want to say to be the spokesperson for the special needs moms, but you've incorporated a lot of the way that we were able, and I say we were able because you know, Amy's one of my coaching students, we were able to create things that you were using as lead magnets, which then we could ultimately send them the music and introduce them to the music side of you. So that's something that I tell artists all the time. It's like, we may have to enter the door one way, but once we're in the door, we have the ability to start sharing other parts of our lives. So what I'm always looking for is what makes that artist unique and different. And what made you unique and different was like during the holidays, we're like, okay, uh, five things that parents can do during the holidays to normalize things. I'm making that up. You had a much better name, but then when people would get that thing, they were like, oh my gosh, I would love to know how to, for it not to be so chaotic during the holidays. And then by the way, here's some music you can have <laughs> to listen to during the holidays, when did you start seeing that this was going to be a way for you to not only help other people with something that they were searching for, with something that they were seeking, but also be able to drop your music in on them as a little subtle, oh, and by the way, here's this cool song I wrote about this situation. When did you feel that you could combine the two and it really get to start working for you? Yeah, I think like you say, there's you know one of two ways to come in. And 
my whole life, I didn't even write songs initially when I was a kid. I just loved to imitate people on the radio. So I didn't really see the other side of that. Like you have talked about like the Christmas content we put out and just like writing blogs, that type of thing. So I feel like there's sort of two entryways in either through the music or through the stuff I'm writing. So I like to say I'm, you know, encouraging moms with words and music. So I think like I said, you know, initially there's something about music that Mm -hmm. is going to touch someone in a different way. I could speak the words to you. But if I sing them in a different way, sometimes that just has a different impact. So I'm so grateful that I can have more than one way to hopefully encourage these parents. And um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to be able to have options there creatively. Yeah, exactly. And have you thought about, uh, or about uh, <laughs> doing kind of like a, a book with music, like here's a story and there's this song that came along with it and here's another story and here's this song so they're not only getting it's like it's one of those things where it's like every song has a story let's just talk about it whatever the story is uh i just think that could be something that could be pretty cool too is it's like a song book with stories that at the end of every story there's a link for people to hear the song that's associated with it or you print out the lyrics of the song that came from this story, I also think that you're going to be in a position to start inspiring other parents who may have, I want to say this the right way and respectfully, who may have felt that their dreams were taken away from them because they were given a child that needed extra help. It's not like the normal, you know, it's like where there's that burden or there was that resentment because they feel like their dreams were taken from them. Do you do you have a way to be able to speak on that? You know, because you you chose to stop to have the life, to marry the high school sweetheart, to have the children. But what advice might you give to someone who feels like their dreams were taken away from them because of the cards that they were dealt? Am I saying that the right way without? Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. And it's a very honest, raw way, which is the reality for these parents. Um, I think back to your idea as we're brainstorming yeah, right? yeah we always do in the song as we always do our podcast is a coaching session it works out great <laughs> yeah two for one um yeah I think the possibilities there are endless I would love to write a book first of all I've, I've often thought about that um so that's definitely an option somewhere down the road um in terms of the dream thing I feel so much for parents who especially moms who feel for lack of a better word kind of trapped you know you for me, I didn't have a special needs parent on my bingo card. I had no, that wasn't even on my radar. So, so often it's dropped in your lap and you don't know how to cope with it. And you don't have time to figure out how to cope with it because you're right in the middle of it. So what I like to say to people is, can you pivot? You know, maybe your dream looks different. When I was a kid, I thought someday I'm going to reach for the stars. I'm going to try to get on a record label. I'm going to travel the world and do the whole thing. And Obviously, you grow up and you realize what the industry, what the real world is, of course. Um, But I had to look back to that and say, well, that was one dream, but the dream itself, the core of it is still there. How do I pivot with what I have right now within my boundaries? And I heard a great quote of, you know, it's not the grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. So what can I do in my current circumstance? to work on that dream. So for me, when I decided, okay, 
you know, I feel like God wants me to give this another shot. What I did was I started listening to podcasts, hint, hint. Yes. <laughs> this is a full, full circle moment for me because I would listen to your podcast as I cleaned my toilets. I would clean the kitchen and put on a YouTube video about songwriting. And I figured out little pockets of time. And I mean, there were definitely seasons and there still are seasons where it's just not going to happen. You know, it's, it's just, there's no time to do stuff like that. But if you can carve out pockets of time and make a list of like, okay, if this is where I want to go, let's break it down into pieces. What's the first chunk? And you know, you mentioned my organization. I'm all about the organization. <laughs> Putting into action though is just as hard for me as anybody else. But doesn't matter what you know, it's what you do with what you know. Exactly. So I think if you feel called to something and your life has changed and had some crazy circumstance that was unexpected and everything's all messed up, go back to God and say, I feel like you told me you wanted me to do this. Can you show me how I do it now? Is there, maybe it looks different than I thought. Can I pivot somehow? Can I do it differently? And that's, I mean, that's all that I have done here. And it's still a baby step by baby step process. So it's interesting because today I was doing one of my honeydews, which was to go through the closet and start taking clothes that I don't use anymore. And we have one of those big tubs. And I mean, I filled the whole tub up, but the whole time I'm doing it, I'm listening to podcasts. Uh, I was, I, I felt that I was going to get something from, from this. And, and I, and I like the way you said that, that I helped you clean toilets uh, is all I heard was, yeah, that uh, I'm great for janitorial services. So if you guys need to go clean a toilet, please take me with you. I'm more than Feel happy free to use that in your marketing. It's all <laughs> yours. <laughs> no, I wrote down the grass is greener where you water it. I think that is such a powerful, powerful statement. Uh, and and I also think too is that if if you're if you're watering the weeds and you're in the wrong place and you're spending all your time in the wrong place, that can also be very dangerous. And I think a lot of times people don't know when to step back from what it is that they're doing that isn't working. And I think a lot of times we let our outside distractions uh, bring us this false sense of something. I'm busy. I'm busy. I have no time. I have no time. But if we looked at it, it's like it's hard for God to bring something in if you don't let something out. And sometimes we need to get rid of some of these things that we think that are helping us, that we think that are moving us along when they're really not moving us along at all. Uh, one of the other things too is, you know, uh, we both just happen to be believers and we're not here to push God on anyone. This just happens to be our story. But when you can tap into what others are feeling, you did this great little devotional, uh, these daily devotionals to kind of bring peace to people. I want to encourage you, the listener, Find that thing that you can bring, whether, you know, if you're a handyman and you can give five tips to hanging the perfect picture without having to use whatever and have your music playing in the background while you're giving these handyman tips. Or if, if you know how to organize closets, take videos of you doing that Marie Kondo or whatever her name was when she was, I mean, I my, my closet got condoed, but do some of these other things that you have going on in your life and use your music in the background. It's like whatever people are searching for, try to be a solution to a problem that they might have. And then 
introduce your music. I don't think enough people do that. We lead with the music and it, it's got to be, you're going to find me because of the music. You're going to discover me because of the music. And I'm going to be famous because of the music. And my life's going to change because of the music. And then all of a sudden you're over here going, wow, I was baking cupcakes in the kitchen and everybody loved how easy I made this these recipes seem. And then they're hearing my music in the background. And I'm telling people, all right, before we go, let's get our, our baking music on, okay? I'm going to choose this song I wrote called this. All right, now let's bake our cookies or let's bake our cupcakes. There's so many different ways that you can take a passion and you happen to have a passion of helping people because not only were you dealt with one special needs child, God had other plans for you. Yes, he always gives the special needs kids to the coolest parents. That's what I say. It's like he he finds these angels and says, you are going, I mean, every special needs parent that I've ever met and some of my best friends, we do a lot of work with best buddies. They're the coolest parents. So God did not just give you one. How many do you have? So I have three kids in total. So my oldest son was the first to be diagnosed. Actually, we're just, I think this week is like the eight year anniversary of his diagnosis. So, um, and then several years later, my youngest son also was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome. And with him, it was quite a different situation because first of all, we knew what a tick looked like. Whereas yep. with my oldest, we had no idea. We just, it was, I remember when the doctor said to me, I think he has Tourette syndrome. And the first thing I said to her back was, but he's never sworn in his life. Like that was my, you know. Right. Asperger's. You were thinking of somebody who just goes off. Right. And, and I think, you know, the media, TV, movies, all those things have a very specific view of Tourette syndrome. And I can tell you it's nothing like that. Um, so we, we saw it in my youngest son, actually, when he was probably a toddler, I would say. So it's been an interesting journey with him because they have, I would say, fairly the same amount of comorbids, which is there's often several diagnoses that go with Tourette syndrome, like ADHD, OCD, sensory issues, all that type of thing. And um, so I was thinking, well, this should be easier because we've done this once. We know what to expect. We know sort of what it looks like. They have different ticks, of course, but just sort of the overall, it's not the same shock. Sure. But then it's also... <laughs> The flip side of that is like, oh my gosh, we have to watch another child deal with this. And how are we going to cope with two boys that have this now? And um, so I feel for the other parents out there who have more than one child that has a diagnosis because it's very difficult, especially, you know, each child on their own is different apart yeah. from the diagnosis. So it can be a lot. Yeah. So what keeps you going every day? So You're feeding my the souls of a lot of different people. What is it that, who feeds your soul? What, what makes you be able to function and stay positive and stay focused and stay driven and keep your eye on the prize and continue to want to create music? Who, who feeds you? Well, I would say, first of all, my faith is honestly the only way that I'm sitting in front of you now. I honestly don't think I would have survived the last eight plus years if I didn't have that faith. That's how rough it's been. And um, so that would be the main thing, of course. But in terms of, you know, making the content, making the music, anytime I have even just one mom say to me, oh, I needed to hear that today. 
that kind of stuff is what fuels me more than any, you know, number or statistic somewhere is going to, because that's a real connection with a real person. And that's what I'm doing this for, because I am the mom sitting in her bathroom crying with the door shut. I am that mom who wakes up and thinks, how do I get out of bed today? Like I, that is me. And so when I'm writing, when I'm singing songs, it's not from a past experience that I'm suddenly over with and, oh, that's in the past. Now I can write about it. This is something I'm living still every day. So for me to turn around my pain and use it to encourage someone else, that's what, honestly what keeps me going. Love it. And then as we wrap up and I'll make sure that you guys know how to get a hold of Amy, we'll have her website for you and you can go hear her music and get some of her downloads. Uh, they're just, even just for creative ideas, you know, to figure out how to incorporate it into your own world. One of the things that I admire about you and one of the things that I wish I was better at is you seem to be great at time blocking. You seem to be great at taking advantage of whatever moment you have because there's never been, and we've been working together uh, at the recording for this for the last three months and you've never missed a call and you've always had all your stuff done and this isn't things I told her to do these were ideas that we came up with and then she went out and executed them any tips on time blocking or how you've been able to continue because you get a lot of stuff done I mean it's like I get off the call with you and I feel like Rick you're a lazy son of a gun man you know it's like shame on you it's like <laughs> Who's teaching who, but any time block tips that you have for all of us, myself included? Yeah, well, I would say I can get kind of psycho about it, honestly. Like, we are preparing to go away on a trip this coming Thursday. So I basically have every hour of my life planned out leading up until then, because I found out the only way I can get anything done is if it's on the list. And so I focus on the list and my kids actually make fun of me because I'm like an Evernote snob. That's all I care about. If it's not an Evernote, it doesn't happen, you know, but I think part of it too is being willing to work and you know, if you're performing on stage, that's the fun part that, you know, getting the compliments, that's the fun part, but sitting in your room by yourself, trying to hammer out the fifth best thing for your post or doing the dirty work is I think the difficult part. And that can be, you know, dealing with procrastination and just the slogging through the messy parts is what's hard to do. So for me, the way I stay on track is I tell myself from 10 to 11 today, I'm focusing just on Instagram. And honestly, that's how I do it. But with that said, the way my life is, nothing's ever for sure. So right. I'll get a call. My daughter has a migraine and I have to go pick her up from school. Or So nothing's ever set in stone. But then I'll think, well, I can bump that hour to after bedtime and get it done tonight instead. So, so basically every, every block has a purpose not every block has five purposes or every block is a clean slate. It's like, no, you go in with a purpose. And I think a lot of times people will just block time and then they'll sit there and think, okay, what am I going to do during this time? And then that's when we can get distracted and that's when we can go down rabbit holes. And I've tried to create, uh, I, I haven't even come up with a name yet. I got to come up with a name, but uh, sometimes going down rabbit holes can be very beneficial. So it's like, I'll go down the Instagram real rabbit hole where I'll start watch. So what I've done is I've made all these collections inside my phone and I'll save them. And then I'll go in and repurpose them later to share with other people. So I've got the made me laugh section, the made me laugh animal section, the I, cool marketing ideas section. It's like, 
So when I go down these rabbit holes, people will say, oh, I just spent an hour on Instagram. Well, I just spent an hour on Instagram categorizing a whole bunch of cool stuff that I could shuffle across for content later, or, or I come up with cool ideas for blog posts or podcast episodes or things like that. We've been running down that chat GPT you and I did the other day. We ran down that rabbit hole, but man, in that hour that we were playing with it, we were able to come up with some really cool stuff. And, and I think anytime that you can, I think creativity inspires more creativity. And as you get started in a project, don't be afraid when you're on a roll, in my opinion, and this may differ from every other guru. It's like, they'll say, you start at 10, you stop at 11, no matter what, you got to stop at 11, man, if I'm on a roll, I want to keep going. You know, I figure if you've got, cause you never know when that inspiration might come back. You never know if you're going to get that inspiration again. You never know if you're going to get that time. So as you're going down these things and you're doing this stuff, if you're on a roll, stay on a roll, stop it. When you're finished, stop what you're doing, get up, drink some water, take a quick walk, and then come back and take those ideas and put them into action. Because too many folks, I'm a, uh, a conference junkie. I love going to conferences. I love, and I would have notes and notes and notes and notes, and I would come back and nothing would ever happen with those notes. And then I went and learned how to take those notes and create my list and what are my priorities and what can help me get to there. And whatever it is you need to learn how to do, you can find it on YouTube or Google. Uh, but I just love, like I said, the fact that you've been able to take a passion uh, and and incorporate it into a mission. You took your passion and brought it into your mission and you're able to help hundreds of people because of it. And just recently uh, you had a, a pretty big influencer in your space, uh, identify what you've been doing and share your stuff. And the more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities you guys have to be heard. So uh, amysullivan.ca is uh, her website which is for Canada. Uh, and also uh, your Instagram is, is it Amy Sullivan music or is it yeah. Amy Sullivan music on Instagram? I'll make sure that there's links in the show notes, but thank you again. I just, I felt that your story was something that might inspire. I felt that your story was something that might turn a light bulb on for some folks uh, and whatever this does, I just know that this was the right time for it. Because as we're recording this, it's the first month of 2023. And I have to say that because podcasts live forever now, which is kind of cool in the digital space. But this is a great time. A lot of people are thinking about shifts or thinking about pivots. But I also want to encourage that if you happen to be listening to this in April, that's a great time. The best time to shift and pivot is when your brain has that thought process of, man, I really need something. And that can come any day of the week, any month of the year. It doesn't matter when. Uh, if you feel that on a Wednesday, don't wait till Monday because Monday will never come. When you feel it, go for it. Amy, thank you again. I appreciate you as a person. I, I love this relationship that we've been able to build. And thank you for opening up, being honest, sharing some of your story uh, with the listeners and I'm excited for them to connect with you as well and watch this journey that you're on. Thanks so much for having me.